You are listening to The Happy Gynecologist with your host, Amanda Miles, MD. Hey y'all, welcome back to The Happy Gynecologist, episode number 63, Support at Home. (laughs) This week we're continuing our um, listener topics, and I'm so excited about all of these, you guys, so keep them coming. Um, I actually have the next several weeks planned out, so um, I'm definitely getting some good stuff, and I just love it because I can help you guys, like, almost in real time. I know that there's some delay, but, like, it just feels like... I don't know, like my my goal, you guys have heard me say it a thousand times, is to help, help as many OBGYNs as possible. And it just feels like I'm better able to do this now. So I'm loving it. Um, and this week's topic, our listener topic, is all about support at home. Okay. And so I'm going to read you um, what this doc wrote in. And uh, so you can kind of get... Um, kind of what uh, she was um, wanting answered, okay? And so I'll, I'll leave her anonymous. They're, they are anonymous, y'all. Um, and so um, I'll leave her anonymous. And she writes, okay, I love the podcast. And I was thinking about how mad I get at my stay-at-home spouse for not cleaning and for the house being a general disaster. Um, she says, I listened to the Be Curious, Not Judgmental episode, and I'm trying to work on uh, being that mindset. But I cannot get past the past judgy curiosity. <laughs> I love that wording. She says, for example, I think I am curious how you think this place is livable. <laughs> and I laugh only because I relate to this thought so much. I've had this thought and this mindset and I totally worked through it, which is what I'm here to help you do. Okay, friend. So uh, she continues. She says, which I realize this is not the curiosity you had in mind. <laughs> She says, I would love an episode on communicating and getting the support we need from our partners. And so I love, love, love this topic. I think it is so important for us, um, especially kind of for our long-term success, because there are so many facets to this. And I just, I think that I can make this like a super long episode. So I'm going to try it. I've really pared this down, y'all, to what I think is kind of the most important uh, facets of this. And so I think this is so important. And I think that you can apply this, like no matter what home looks like for you, whether that's like you're um, a single parent, whether that's just you're just a single doc and you don't have kids, but you have, you know, pets or houseplants or something, you know, like how can you get support at home? Okay. That's kind of the question, like the overall question here. And so Um, A lot of times, if this involves a partner or a spouse, a husband, a wife, whatever, um, this comes down to what they're doing at home versus what we are doing at home, okay? And so I see this a lot, whether you have a stay-at-home partner or spouse or your partner or spouse works, there's always um, kind of this mismatch, okay? And so I want to go into some facets of this that maybe you haven't considered before. Okay, and so I'm going to go into kind of the three main things I think that we need to talk about whenever we're talking about support at home and kind of um, some different ways to think about it. Okay, so the first thing is (laughs) we as a lot of us here are female. Okay, Um, we often expect a certain standard at home. Okay. And so what I mean for that or how I can speak to that, as a female, 
um, as females collectively, and, and if you don't identify as female, if, if you identify um, as something else or you are a male listening, um, just like I want you to consider this as well, is that like um, I can only speak from what I know, okay? And that part of that is is how our brains are trained to think what home should look like what home should be, okay? And so we as females expect a certain standard in the home because that is what society thinks for us or impresses upon us. So when we are, you know, then our our docs and we are no longer um, the sole person that's in charge of keeping the house a certain way, we then kind of are applying this patriarchal expectation that things are clean and meticulous and magazine-worthy because that is what society has imprinted upon us as females our whole lives, right? And so we have been shown on TV and in magazines and on Pinterest or Instagram what our home should look like and how we as women are expected to keep it that way, okay? So then when we maybe we become the primary breadwinner of the family um, and our spouse stays home, then we have this idea or this belief for how things should look at home, okay? And all of that kind of stems from what the quote-unquote patriarchy has told us looks correct. (laughs) And whether that's patriarchy or society or social media, whatever you want to think about it, okay? So I want you to think about that for a second. Because if your spouse is male, or maybe they didn't grow up male, maybe they honestly have no idea what that looks like. (laughs) And so they may not truly understand what you expect the house to look like because they haven't been told their whole life growing up as a female, well, you should do this. You should keep your house this way. It should be this beautiful, like this magazine. Like, like we are told as women our whole lives that we should keep things clean and tidy and presentable and beautiful and organized. You know, like, think about that. Okay, so we've been taught certain things about how our house should look our entire lives. Okay, and even if you're not a female and you're listening to this, okay, you have been taught what it is that your role is in the house your whole life, okay? And so if you have a male partner, then they have been told, you know, certain things that they should be doing their whole lives, right? Okay, and so um, oftentimes that's things like they need to be mowing the grass and keeping the gutters cleaned and doing projects to improve the home, right? Um, Or taking care of the cars or taking care of the pets, okay? So there truly may be different beliefs that you have about what a stay-at-home spouse does to be supportive that stem from much deeper things here, (laughs) okay? So when your stay-at-home husband thinks of what he needs to do today to be productive at home, his brain has been taught and conditioned and wired his whole life to think of things like cleaning out the drain or vacuuming out the car, mowing the grass, that kind of thing, right? Things that have been labeled as quote-unquote man things, right? He may not even think about the things that you would think about. He may have no idea that his idea of like what is livable and yours are very different. He may have no idea that 
that you have like this like other view of how things should be okay and I'm sure you're you're aware that he has no idea of that obviously or there wouldn't be this mismatch right but I also want you to think you know about how you were taught growing up you know how were you taught what a clean house is how were you taught how things should look what were you shown and modeled and like taught growing up through all your you know years how things should be at home and how they should look okay um because he was probably taught different things so think also like what do you think he was taught and maybe even ask him that like what were you taught about how to keep the house growing up because what you considered a disaster is probably honestly no big deal for him especially if the gutters are freshly cleaned right like if the gutters are, the gutters are clean, like we're doing good, honey. <laughs> that's how that's how his brain may be working. I don't know. Um, I know that that I came to some of these realizations when me and my husband worked through this because um, I had some similar thoughts and um, I I did some very deep work on this and I was just like, oh, like he like like we think of things as being like super important like for me is like that there's no toys on the floor and that maybe we vacuumed recently or like kind of the bare minimum things okay is what I like that's what I enjoy in a clean house Um, but his his thought of like bare minimum is like the grass is mowed and you know that kind of thing so so it's like totally different um, on you know what even pops into his brain okay and I'm not making excuses. I'm just telling you, like, that is um, very possible that he has just completely different idea. Um, it's just, you know, it, it's just we're just like wired differently and taught differently as we we're growing. Right. And so so when it comes down to the things that you would like to see done around the house, I suggest maybe having like a sit down talk about this. And um, I will say. Um, whenever I'm having a talk like this, I love to do it in the car. <laughs> okay. And I don't know what it is. Um, I think that having kind of talks that could become heated or could be slightly confrontational or like where I don't want it to be, um, taken the wrong way. Um, I love having talks in the car. Like, so if we're going to like, um, you know, make a run to, to Costco, which is like an hour away from me, um, then like, I like to bring up this stuff then. Anyway, you bring it up whenever is a good, good time for you. Okay. But I suggest having a talk about the specific things that you both think should be done regularly around the house. Okay. And maybe even considering having both of you make a list. Like what are each of your, like, like what if you both wrote down the top five things that you think should be addressed around the house regularly, right? And like, like, don't show him your list. He doesn't show you your, your list. And then like compare. Because I would bet that if you both made a list, they would be very, very different, okay? So I think it's important because it's like, it helps you realize, oh, he doesn't even think about vacuuming. Like that's not even on his like radar here. And then he's like, man, why is she always nagging me about vacuuming? Like, obviously, I need to clean out the gutters and mow the grass and, you know, do all this. You know, like, there are certain things that guys think of that I wouldn't, okay? And so I think that they would be very different. And comparing those lists and then deciding together how often certain things should be addressed or should be done 
might be the the best way to kind of like make a team approach here. So like, how can you guys work together to decide, okay, so you don't even have vacuuming on your list, but I have it at the top of mine. Do you think that we could compromise and put it at like, you know, number four, (laughs) you know, somewhere? I mean, you guys decide, okay? Um, And deciding what is a priority for both of you that you can both agree on. So like, how can you combine your list where you rank them like one through 10 together and you both agree, okay? Because, you know, you know, making sure that he knows what's, you know, what is on your list is important because like I said, he may have no idea. And, and, you know, the other thing here is I want to bring this up and I've talked about this in other podcasts, but the other thing here is, is that we can like ask people to do things and make requests of them all day long but if we're just like nagging and nagging it's not going to get very far usually okay because that's not on their priority list that's not something that they understand or they don't even understand why it's important to you maybe okay so if all of this is kind of hitting a nerve for you I would suggest that you definitely go back and listen to episode number 16 of this podcast number 16 the manual and what that podcast is about is is a whole talk about navigating relationships and this concept of how we tend to have this invisible rule book or this invisible manual for our partners, okay? And in this manual, it's kind of like having like a manual that says what a good Girl Scout is, right? There's a Girl Scout manual. I don't know if any of you guys are Girl Scouts, uh, but there's like a book that tells you like what you need to do to be a good Girl Scout, okay? But what we typically do in a relationship is we have kind of this invisible rule book, of, of what a good spouse would be, okay? And it has all these invisible, unspoken rules about how they should behave to be a good spouse. But the kicker is we don't tell them the rules. <laughs> and so whenever they don't follow our rules that, you know, we think they should do to behave to be a good spouse, we get to be upset with them, right? Like we think that as a stay-at-home husband, He should just know that he needs to clean the house or he should just know he needs to vacuum. But like they really don't. Okay, the other person doesn't actually just know all the things that you think they should do. They don't just know um, they should do those things to be a good spouse. Okay, so definitely go back and listen to episode two. Okay, episode number 16, the manual. And it's going to talk all about kind of that invisible set of rules that we have for other people. And how they, that having that invisible set of rules can create conflict. Okay. So what I want you to kind of think in that, in that sense, okay, is that you may have some, some rules in your mind that you haven't told them, but that if they don't do it, you you get to be mad or that you do end up being mad. Okay. And so just realizing that you may have some of those thoughts of they should be doing this. But, you know, like we think they should be supporting us better, okay? I want you to consider that, that you know, maybe we should share some of these rules with them, okay? But also, whenever you start thinking like in the shoulds, you know, I hate shoulds statements, okay? But whenever that's going on in your mind, I want you to consider how you could better support them too, Okay. And so definitely go, go back and listen to that, that episode, episode number 16. Okay. And so on the, um, topic of chores and cleaning and like you, you kind of mentioned, 
you know, the house is a disaster, okay? The last thing that I will offer on this kind of portion of this topic is that if having a nice, clean house or a tidy house or, you know, if that feels nice to you, if that's not on your spouse's radar or your partner's radar, why not hire it out, okay? Even though they stay at home, it doesn't mean that they're good at cleaning like you would expect, okay? Maybe their time is busy with other things like, you know, taking the kids to school and then like working on other home projects or doing the outdoor work. Like maybe they just literally don't have time for it, for their own priorities, um, you know, and so, or maybe they just don't think of it like we've discussed, okay? So when you would like things differently, you know, whenever you want things to feel different or look different so that you can feel like things are nice and clean and that makes you happy or makes you feel better, why not ensure that that happens by hiring it out or by making it happen, okay? And I'm sure there's lots of arguments in your brain right now or out there right now about like, yeah, but he stays home, so I shouldn't have to pay someone to do that, right? Like, he stays home, he should be the one to do it. And my argument here is that like, we just... We can't ever control other people, right? And so if if he doesn't want to clean, he's probably not going to. Um, and we can still love them anyways, okay? My argument is always that if it's that important for you, find a way to make it happen, okay? Find a way to make it happen for you then, okay? So it gets done. If it's that important to you, make it happen, okay? It may not be a viable thing to count on your spouse to clean, Especially if you have a mismatched standard for what you consider clean versus what they consider clean. Because they may clean all day and you come home and you still feel like the, the house is, you know, a disaster. Okay? So the other options are, number one, do it, do it yourself. Okay? Which, and I'm not like, I'm not like being a bitch there. I'm not just being like, well, why don't you do it yourself? No. Like, what I would tell you is like, some people enjoy that. Some people find tidying or organizing, very therapeutic. I love to organize things. Um, I love to declutter. I love to organize. I love to tidy things. Like, Maria Kondo makes me happy. Um, I don't always have time to do it, so, you know, I won't, you know, get upset about it if it's not getting done, but um, I do love that. Some people enjoy, like, cleaning, like, with cleaning products and, like, shining the counters. Like, some people love that, okay? And so if that's something that you can enjoy, why not do it yourself? Why not like enjoy it and do it? Like you don't, you don't have to. I'm not saying you have to. You can always hire someone else to do it. Okay. So hire someone else to do it in a way that you like is number two. Okay. Because we can ask our spouse to do it, but maybe they do it and it isn't how we like. And then what? Like we get to be mad that they did, they did the thing that we wanted, like they vacuumed, but they didn't. They didn't know that I meant that they should do it this other way. They should do it a lot better and make the little vacuum marks. And why don't, you know, I can't even see the vacuum marks. They did it wrong. You know, like if you, if you get into that situation, that's not going to improve anything either. Okay. And so if it isn't something that they're willing to do um, and it's really important to you, then figure out a different way to make it happen. Figure out a way um, if it's that important, right? So it's probably not that high on their priorities or they would be doing it for them, right? And that's no knock to them. That's just how they are. And we love them for being them. That's why we're in a relationship with them. 
So we aren't going to go and try and change them and make them enjoy vacuuming in the way they, ha they have the perfect little lines like I like, okay? Just so I can be happy. <laughs> so we're not going to try and change them so that we can be happy, right? So that's the last thing. I, um, yeah. And so you may be having drama in your brain after all that. But like, seriously, if it's that important, find a way to do it for you, okay? All right. So the second kind of thing on this topic of like support at home is often whenever we are the primary breadwinner and our spouse stays at home, we may sometimes get into this way of thinking about how it's not fair. And let me tell you, we could get into this way of thinking even if our spouse is a doctor or our spouse is, you know, another working professional, you know, we can get into this mindset no matter what. Okay, and so I think that this applies no matter what kind of um, situation you have at home. Okay, or maybe you're a single doc and you got some houseplants. Okay, that's cool too. Like you may still have this like line of thinking of like how life's not fair or it's not fair that other people um, have things differently. Okay, and so sometimes that looks like thinking like, well, if I could stay home, it would be different, right? But honestly. Probably, I, I would venture to say that many of us listening to this podcast might not actually enjoy staying home long term, so we choose to keep working. <laughs> but maybe that's not true for everybody, okay? But, um, but when we're in this kind of mindset um, of like, that's not fair, it can kind of become a, like, this is not fair. I'm working all day and they didn't do anything. Look at this house right? Or something like that. Or maybe like, I'm working so much more than they are and they aren't even helping out around the house. You know, like, so if you have a spouse that works. And so I think, you know, these kind of no fair type statements um, in our brain are these thoughts that kind of pop up sometimes for us. Um, we're, we are focused on all the things that that other person is not doing. <laughs> and all the things that we have to do, like we kind of get this kind of brain drama about it sometimes. So whenever we're in that mindset, I want you to realize that like we're thinking about all the things they're not doing versus all the things that they are doing, okay? And so whenever we do this, our brain is literally focusing on all the negatives, right? Like, not fair. I'm working all day. They didn't even do anything. Look at this house. And you're going to like find all the things they didn't do, okay? You're literally going to scan the house and just get more mad, more mad, more frustrated, more pissed. Okay. And you're just going to like have a to-do list of all the things that they should be doing that they're not. And let me tell you, like when you think this way, that is not fair to them and it's not fair to you. Okay. Underline that. It's not fair to you because you're focusing on only the bad. And whenever you do that, without realizing, of course, whenever you do that, like it's going to create a very negative time for you. Okay. It's going to create a lot of drama. It's going to create a lot of negativity, possibly even in your relationship, okay? Because your brain is then going to focus on all the shit that they're not doing, right? And so it's going to seem like you're the only one doing anything whenever you're in that mindset, right? That's not true. It's just a shitty thought pattern. And we all just need to drop that because that is never helpful to us or our relationships. It's never going to help any of us to compare like what we did today, what someone else did today, okay? 
So if you find yourself kind of comparing like what you've been doing, all the things you've been doing to someone else and what they're doing, like that is comparison is the thief of joy, 100%. So if you find yourself in this type of thinking, I want you to consider making a list of all the things that your spouse, your partner does, okay? Whether that's around the house, whether that's at their job if they work, whether that's outside or with the kids or with managing your life, okay? Make a list of all the things that they do do, okay? Think about it. If they were out of town for a week, what would be added to your plate? Paying the bills, you know, like what what parts of the things do they do? Doing school drop-off, feeding the dog, mowing the grass, right? Sometimes we need to remind our brains just how much we appreciate all the things that they do. And I know, I know anytime my husband has to go out of town, I am greatly reminded about all the things. And I'm usually texting him. I'm like, I'm like 12 hours in and I'm like, I appreciate all that you do. Oh my gosh, please come home now. (laughs) You know, like I can kind of have a laugh about that, but like, I really do. And I um, try and remind myself if I find my brain going into not fair, I just worked, you know, a 72 hour call shift and I come home and there's toys everywhere. Like, not fair. No, that's not, it's not fair to me to go into that, that way of thinking. Okay. We're not comparing notes on what I did versus what my, my spouse did. Okay. That's not fair to either of us. So if you get into the not fairs, that's not fair to anybody. So don't do it. Okay. The third thing is now anytime this can apply to any situation really, but anytime we are looking for a certain feeling, we need to give it to ourselves first. Okay. If we are looking for a feeling of support from someone else, we should really consider looking within ourselves and giving that to ourselves first, okay? Because the only way that we can feel supported is if we are thinking thoughts that make us feel that way, okay? And you can think thoughts that make you feel supported at any time, whether you have a spouse at home that's supportive or not, right? Oftentimes, we think kind of thoughts about other people and our relationship with them that make us feel supported. So then we kind of assume that that support comes from them. But think about it. Like what I mean is whenever I have the thought, I think the thought, I am so lucky to have a supportive spouse at home that takes such good care of our family. When I think that thought, it feels nice. It feels supportive. It feels caring and generous and loving. I mean, I, I get a lot of feelings from that thought. I, I know, you know, I usually say you get like one one feeling per thought, but there's, there's a lot to that thought. Okay. It feels nice. It feels like I've got that support from my spouse, but it is the thought that is generating that feeling for me. It's not my actual spouse handing me this feeling of support. Like here, I'm giving you support. I'm handing it to you. Right. They don't have to do anything for us to feel supported, which is, uh, you know, I would argue this is great news actually. Right. So when we are looking for different ways to feel supported, we need to look for different thoughts that we can think that make us feel that way. And one way to do that is to think about, so you know, what a supportive spouse is or what support at home would look like, okay? And start choosing to think that right now. Because a supportive spouse has nothing to do with the state of the house, okay, or how clean things are. Even if your brain is trying to tie those two things together, it, they don't really have anything to, to do with each other. Your spouse may be see, like super supportive, but 
kind of a messy, unorganized person, right? So why not think supportive thoughts starting right now to feel supported? And those types of thoughts are always available to you. So find one that is true and believable to you. And a few that I love, like, for example, like, I am so lucky to have such a supportive spouse. Um, My family always has my back. I'm grateful that my family helps me do what I do. And those are just some of mine. And in addition to like the, I'm so lucky to have a supportive spouse at home that takes such good care of our family. Those are, those are some of my favorite ones. And you can come up with your own. You can borrow mine. I think these on purpose frequently. I like to remind my brain, especially whenever it starts going into the not fair or the kind of feeling lonely on call or having a hard day at work. Like I will remind myself of these things whenever I start noticing that my brain wants to get upset or start comparing notes about what I did versus someone else did, okay? So if you, if you don't have a significant other, you can still think supportive thoughts and feel supported by thinking thoughts about anyone else or by, you know, even thinking about those thoughts about yourself, okay? So thoughts that, you know, that help you feel supported might be like, I always have my own back or I support me. I'm here to support me. Or even even something about like uh, someone at work, like my work wife is my greatest cheerleader. Uh, you know, thoughts like that, they can still help you feel supported. So if you feel like you don't have a support system, well, I bet you do. I bet that you are a great support system for you. How are you looking out for you? Okay. You get to choose to feel supported no matter what home looks like. Okay. No matter what, you know, the people around you are doing, whether they're you know, doing things that make you feel that way or not, you can still choose to feel supported. Okay. That is the beauty of it. So other questions I love to ask myself are these, okay. How can I best support myself today? How, how can I do that? What can I think that will support me today? How can I offer better support to my stay at home spouse or just my spouse? (laughs) In what ways might they need support just like me? Okay. Because whenever we think about not only giving ourselves some support, we also begin to think how we can give others support, okay? And like I talked about in the last, uh, last podcast, in the Conflict in the Call Group podcast, whenever I give support and love and caring to other people, the more I give, the more I get, it seems like, right? And so how can I, how can I do that? Well, Step one is giving myself that support first, okay? Giving it to myself, that helps me then support other people better, okay? And then it's just, it just feels so much better, okay? Whenever I'm not relying on someone else, like just like waiting on someone else to give it to me, right? (laughs) Because it's not a thing. I give it to me by the thoughts I think. That's how I feel supported, so, or feel support. All right, y'all, that's what I have for you today. I hope that this is helpful. I hope that this answered your question. Remember, you can always submit um, your topic that you would love to be featured here or ask a question that you want answered. You can go to my website and that's coach-miles.com forward slash podcast topic. All one word. Um, There's also just a bottom, uh, a a button at the bottom of the page um, if you just go to my coach-miles.com. Anyway, I'll see you next week and I love you guys. Um, If I don't talk to you before Christmas, then have a Merry Christmas if you celebrate and um, I'll see you next week. All right. Bye. 
Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can always get more free help from me by going to my website, www.coach-miles.com and clicking on free resources. If this work has helped you and you're interested in learning more about getting out of burnout and up-leveling your life as an OBGYN, definitely check out my six-month coaching program, The Happy Gynecologist Group. You can always get more information on my website, coach-miles.com. <laughs>